have quite the podcast for you tonight. Um, before we get into that, hello everybody and welcome back to the Over the Bar podcast. As always, I'm your host Noah and I am joined here today by my two lovely co-hosts and friends, Nick and Sumer. Boys, we have quite the podcast for you tonight. Like I, like I just said, the U.S. men's national team roster dropped for our final World Cup qualifying window. There is so much to talk about with this roster. Good, bad, ugly, chaotic. I don't know where to begin other than to just say, boys, how are we doing tonight? I'm excited. Really excited for this roster drop. Um, I'm excited to, I'm ex- honestly, at this point, I'm excited for the games, man. I want to get ourselves into the world cup, but first things first, we got to talk about this roster. You're so. excited, Vansky. I'm nervous, man. I, I think just there's want, so I much wanna, dread. Yeah. But I want that feeling of knowing that we're going, we're going to be there at Qatar. So that's facts. Yeah. That's facts. I bro. Want that feeling. That's if we get to that point. That's if Sumer. we get there. Samir, how are we feeling about this roster? How are we feeling about qualifying? How are we feeling in general, man? Hey, I mean, I will say, so I don't know if you remember last episode, um, I told you that we expect it to come out Thursday, so it'll come Friday. They didn't do that, the, but the roster drop was announced for 6 p.m. and then changed until 6, um, up until 6.30. So there was a slight change in the... Uh, arrival time of the roster, which, you know, was inevitable. Just wanted to point that out. Um, but no, I am super stoked to see the roster finally come out and we are ready to go for this final window. Everyone knows how important it is and uh, it's go time. So we can start, you know, diving in on, on what's beautiful and not about this. Uh, go time it is. Um, like Sumer, like you, like you alluded to, man, we're all excited here. I do want to say just a couple of preliminary thoughts that I have, you know, before we, we get into this roster couple things that are important to remember. Obviously, this is the most important, you know, cycle that we've had as U.S. fans in, in a long time, uh, pretty much since since Cuba, since, since 2018. There's a lot to be excited for here as a U.S. fan. And I know that that you guys and, and, and my co-hosts and, and all of you guys listening too have this, this underlying feeling of like the pit in the stomach feeling. I know I've got it too. But we are going to try to give you guys some things to be hopeful about in this roster because there's a lot to be hopeful about. I don't know. That's what I would say, boys. Would you agree there that like there's some things to criticize, but there's also a lot of potential here. There's a lot of hope in this roster. It's all over the place for me. Like there's some things like you said, where, you know, I'm happy with some of the choices in midfield or maybe some, some surprising new call-ups for defenders. But at the same point, there's people I still want to see along with those. So negatives as well, you know, um, it's all over the place. You're happy in one moment when you read the name and you're upset when you read the next name below it. Yeah, I was, I, for me, I, I was very much, I expected a lot of the names we see for the fall forwards and mm-hmm. a lot of the, some midfielders too. The defenders were, it's a lot to talk about there. We will uh, definitely so. get into that for sure. I, I yeah, know there but, was a lot in the defenders. So go for it, Nick. Sorry, I cut you off there. No, 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 you're good. I just, I was, I was very much the midfielders and the forwards. I was pretty, I was expecting with mm-hmm. with the injuries. Who we had, there's some injuries and who's uh, who's just not there. But the defenders for me is just it's. I kind of just I'm reiterating. It's 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 all over the place. So, 
I, I, I think there's no better spot than to just get into it at this point in time. Um, what we're going to do, we're going we're gonna to break down, you know, position group by position group, maybe break up some of the position groups within the goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, forward lineup just to, you know, get some, some variance in there. But I, I think at this point in time, let, let's get into it and let's let's get our thoughts. So, uh, Sumer, yeah. why don't you why don't you take us through through uh, through our goalkeepers we got here? I don't think there's many big surprises in the goalkeepers. I'll I'll say that first, but go for it. No, not surprises. Um, Greg called up three goalkeepers for this camp: Ethan Horvath from Nottingham Forest in top form for them right now, Sean Johnson, NYCFC, uh, also in decent decent form with them, um, to be honest, and then Zach Steffen who is back training with Manchester City. Um, I'm happy, you know, personally with those three. I'm happy that Stefan's back training. You know, there's a chance he might be playing, the, you know, in one of these matches. Horvath is a great option to have if Stefan's not able to go or if we have to rotate. But, um, you know, the only, the only maybe something someone wants to say is, could you have called in Selenina as the fourth? But with Horvath and Stefan there, he probably wasn't going to play, so it's not really that big of a concern. I'm personally happy with the three. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, personally, I, I, I think these are the goalkeepers that we kind of expected. Uh, maybe if you go back to, to what we had talked about last week, Sumer, with our roster predictions, and I know Nick had a, had a hand in making those as well. Uh, these were These were the goalkeepers that we kind of figured would be here. Um, I think with the amount of injuries, we, we always figured Greg would take three goalkeepers over four goal, four goalkeepers. Obviously, we don't have Matt Turner available through injury. And Zach Steffen just came back from injury. I think the question with these goalkeepers is less about who is here and who starts each game. I think that's that's kind of as a US fan, that's the biggest question we're left asking left asking ourselves as this roster drops personally. But Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna go super you guys kind of said what uh what I was thinking, but I expected all three of those goalies there. I'm happy that Zach Steffen is back from injury, and I just kind of wanted to pose a question who you guys think is starting against Mexico that first game. That's a tough one. It, it, all it comes is. Down to it really why. is. Who do you one, think is starting I, and why? Just I want. Okay. I'm just. I'm very interested. It's. It's. Well, I feel like I feel as if it's a slightly complicated situation just because of Stefan's uh, situation. You know, if he's fully ready to go, Berhalter has a decision to make. Um, Stefan's obviously potentially more familiar with the system, but not to say that Horvath isn't. You know, mm-hmm. with that whole Nations League or Gold Cup run that he had. Um, so in my opinion, if Stefan's fully healthy, you know, Stefan's going to start, but is he healthy enough to start and good enough to start both games like Mexico and Panama? And if he's not, do you potentially make a switch? There's a huge question mark there. Do you feel, I would like to, you know, counter onto this for Noah. Noah, do you the feel question as if the with goal- a question? I love it. Yeah. Love question it. with a question. Do you feel as if the goalkeeper who starts the first match will probably start the second match, or do you think you'll actually see a rotation there between goalkeepers? I don't know. I think, I think, you, I think you alluded to it, right, with, with, the first, with your first answer, right? It, it depends on the fitness of Zach Steffen, right? Zach Steffen made the bench for Man City over this past weekend. 
after being left out of, of the roster for the last three or four weeks, potentially leading up to that. Uh, Zach Steffen made the bench again, that, which, which clearly means that, you know, Pep Guardiola trusts him to, to be fit enough to come in in a pinch, which is good news as a U.S. fan. I mean, obviously, we don't want to see any of our guys injured. For me, I'll answer the first question first and say that I think Ethan Horvath has done enough to earn the start, both based on fitness and form. And this is partially throwing Greg's, you know, form argument back against him. I think Ethan Horvath has been the informed keeper for us and has, has done enough to, 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 to maybe get this start with Zach Steffen being less than a hundred percent. Now to your question of whether or not we see rotation, it wouldn't surprise me because I think Zach Steffen is still our number one. I think, you know, every keeper at full fitness, Zach Steffen, while he is error prone at times, is, is our best keeper. So I wouldn't be surprised if Greg tries to get him back in the fold. But I don't know. That, that's, that's my thoughts on it. So just so I get it correct, just Sumer, you think Zach Steffen is starting against Mexico and Noah, you think Ethan Horvath is starting. Are we talking is starting or should start? That's it. Well, that's a good question. Uh, um, I think is not should is. I think I, is before we jump to defenders. I want. I'm just. Who do you think is starting against Mexico? That's tough because and I and Samara, I know you'll agree with me on this one. Is starting is a harder question than should start. I think Stefan is. I think when we walk out in the Azteca. I think Stefan is. The only reason Stefan wouldn't is because he's saving him for Panama. But I don't feel I don't see the need for that. So I'm saying Stefan will. Stefan is. Okay. I'm gonna go with Ethan Horvath is as well as Ethan Horvath should. Love it. I think I think and personally, I think it only is because I Zach Stefan is there's questions over his fitness. But it, again, it depends on which game Greg chooses to prioritize. I think a lot of U.S. fans are saying that, you know, we should prioritize this second game against Panama at home. But again, we never know what Greg is going to do. So Greg could very clearly say, I want to prioritize this game against Mexico. Let's try to get all three points at the Azteca. And I think Zach Steffen's the guy to do that. So, I mean, that could very well be what we, what we see for sure. Either one would be fine. If Horvath starts against Mexico, he's in tip-top form. He's feeling himself. You know, he's got the confidence riding. Um, I can totally see him starting that match, and I'd be confident seeing that. So that's my opinion. Okay, fair. Um, Nick, take us through the fullbacks. Who do we have for, for fullbacks in this one? And, and we will say – oh, actually, sorry. I, I, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the fullbacks in this one. I'll let you take centerbacks. Um, just only because there is a a slight roster change here. So obviously the roster came out on Thursday, the same day that Serginho Dest got an injury in the game for Barcelona. So for fullbacks that we have on this roster, we have Reggie Cannon, Serginho Dest, Anthony Robinson, and DeAndre Yedlin. Now, obviously Serginho Dest is not here. Uh, We did get word from Greg both at the press conference after the game and today with this being recorded on Friday, that George Bello 
is most likely going to be the replacement for Serginho Des. I don't know if that's confirmed. Serginho or uh, Sumer and Nick, you guys can correct me if I am incorrect, but I believe that Sir, that George Bello is going to be the replacement for Serginho Dest, which means that our fullbacks are Reggie Cannon, George Bello, Anthony Robinson, and DeAndre Yedlin. Thoughts, boys? It did, it, it, well, one, I just want to say, was it a straight swap or was it just – I think they just added him. It look, I think they just added George Bello to the roster. I don't, I don't, did it say specifically that he was replacing – Sergino. Yeah, I saw somewhere that it was. I saw uh, that he replaces Sergino Dust on US. Um, well, well, I think it's anyway. I think it's one in the same anyway, though, right? Because <laughs> because I mean, whether or not it's a it's a straight swap. No, it actually, it looks like they were, it, he replaced him. So yeah. that was wrong. It looks it like it doesn't matter anyway. Dust is Dust is not yeah. going to be able to make it for any of these qualifiers. So yeah, I mean, so what? We, so now we actually have two right backs and two left backs. We have Reggie Cannon, Yedlin. And then we have Bello and Anthony. Um, do or die. Now you have a question between Yedlin and Cannon. You know, they both are competent defenders, but have different strengths and different abilities, you know, um, for sure. So, I mean, obviously, we're all going to go with Anthony as our left back, you know, starting. But recent form from Bello has really showed me that I wouldn't be too scared to see him, depending on the game. Mm-hmm. And on right back, everyone thinks it's going to be DeAndre just because of his experience. Uh, against Mexico, but I don't know if I'd have a problem with either one of them now that Serginho is not there. Yeah, I I don't think I have a problem either because um, I've I definitely have watched more of the MLS stuff, and as much as Inter Miami has not been playing and has not been winning, um, Yandre Yedlin has looked good in every single of those games. He's making overlapping runs. He's getting down to the end line and, and getting balls in. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily, I don't know if I want to call him informed, but he's playing and he's playing large amount of minutes and he's playing like he knows he's playing well and he's starting and stuff. So I don't really have a problem um, either Reggie Cannon or DeAndre Yadlin. I, I do second um, Sumer what he says. I think it may come down to overall experience, um, but I've been a Yedlin fan for a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but I think it will come to, I, he's not, he's not playing. He's playing and he's playing well um, for Miami. So speaking yeah. of players, I just want to say one thing, speaking go of players it, playing well, it. and maybe you were going to, maybe you were going to go right into this Noah, but I wanted to, to say, speaking of players playing well, you know, where's Scally? Um, Joe Scally. Yeah. Joseph Scally. Yeah. You know, and we've called up five outside backs before June. Does everyone forget when we had, uh, Dest, Yedlin, Cannon, Brooks, Lennon, and Anthony Robinson. So clearly five outside backs is an option. He's just choosing not to bring in five outside backs, even with an injury to one of our top tier players where there's not going to be a straight swap. There's not someone who can come in for Serginho Dest. It's one of those things where it's um, by committee type of thing, you right. know? Right. So I would have loved to have seen Scally deserve a call up. No, no I mean, get a call up here. Um whether on the first roster or to the add-on. Right. And and so I think to me this this brings up an interesting point where if you look at the if you look at the four fullbacks that were called in, you know, pre-injury to Dest, right? We have three natural right backs and one natural left back. Something that we've seen Greg do before and something that we've criticized Greg for doing on this podcast before in the last roster. Now 
Sergio Des gets injured, and Greg calls in a left back in George Bellow. Someone who I have zero problem with being on this roster, by the way. I, I, I love George Bellow, the way he's been playing. I, I think George Bellow deserves this ball on this roster. But it begs the question, you lose a right back and add a left back. Why did you not have a left back in the first place? If you add George Bellow to this roster as a backup left back, say, you know, hypothetically over Reggie Cannon, Serginho Dest injury aside, right? That gives you Bellow, Dest, Anthony Robinson, and DeAndre Yedlin, two of each sided fullback. Then it gives you maybe an opportunity to decide between James or to decide between Joe Scally and Reggie Cannon. It, like it, it seems to me that the move that's been made to bring in Bellow is one that is what should have been done in the first place, injury aside. And that's why Joe Scally maybe isn't on this roster. I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's just poor roster construction. Uh, oh, or, shocker. You know, shocker. Um, Greg Benhalter. I, I totally understand how Greg uh, views Serginho as a versatile outside back who can play left back. I agree. I think he can play left back, you know, in a pinch as well. But when you have your only backup being a your starting right back, it'd be one thing if Scally, you know, was there to be both a right back and a left back, and he's a backup, so he's probably not going to play too much as a right back, but if he's there for left back, that's perfect. To have your starting right back also be your backup left back, how are you going to make that work? Because you know both of them are going to be starting at the same time, Serginho and Anthony. What happens if something happens to Anthony? Okay, so then we'll start Serginho. Well, he just went 90 in Azteca, and now we're going to put him in a different position, and it, it, it just seems it just seems poor to me, um, poor planning, because this could have happened in training. What if this injury happened in training? Well, you know, what if this happened in game one? What if Des went down? Then we need Anthony to play all three matches, which he can, I'm sure. But right, right. I don't know if that's the ideal, you know. So or even if Anthony is healthy, right? Or sorry, even if Des is, is here and healthy, right? And plays right back. I think with this roster construction, you're potentially looking at a circumstance where Anthony Robinson plays 270 minutes. And, and is that good for either his fitness in a week to play 270 minutes in a week or for the U.S. to have Anthony Robinson playing 270 minutes in a week? I, I don't think so. But I don't know. We ha- it, bright side is to it. And Nick, yeah, I know you're nodding, nodding along with me too. Bright side is with it is that we have George Bellow here. And, and I think we could all agree that George Bellow, based on recent form, it just deserves to be here. So, you know, positives and negatives, yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm going to move us to center backs, unless, Sumer, you want to um, – you got something else about uh, some fullbacks. No, nothing pressing. I mean, people probably all, you know, want to potentially say Jogo, Jonathan Gomez for Real Sociedad. It is a question. A, it is a question. Could have been a shout. But in my opinion, you know – Bellows starting in the Bundesliga, Jogo might have a higher ceiling, but is playing in the second division of Spain, which to I still me, think is a quality level. But right now, tomorrow, I think I still right. think Bellows probably in an advanced developments position. Sure. Do I think I, Jogo I, will be better than him? Maybe come World Cup in a few months? Yeah. It's, but it's a good shout. It's a good shout. I think part of it, right, is that, you know, having Jonathan Gomez here integrates him with the U.S. side and potentially sways this decision between 
choosing, you know, the U.S. or Mexico. That's the only thing that I could see him, you know, why I, I would say with a limitless number of spots. And, and that's I think that's a point that we're going to come back to multiple times in this podcast. There is no limit on the number of people that that Greg could call up to this roster. So with a limitless roster, I think it doesn't hurt to have Jonathan Gomez here just to to at the very least integrate him with the top tier guys. Obviously, he probably wouldn't feature because, you know, that would cap time and, and we're not going to cap time until he's ready to make a decision, but it wouldn't hurt. Anyway, Nick, Nick, I'll, I'll let yeah, you take on us that to the note, center backs now. Um, yeah, so for, for our center backs, we got Walker Zimmerman, James Sands, Mile Robinson, Eric Palmer Brown, and Aaron Long. Um, Sumer, no, what, what are we thinking about those center backs? I'm thinking. Oh, a lot, geez, man. that's not a good start. I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking a lot. There's some good. <laughs> look! 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 There's some good. There's some mid. There's some incredibly surprising. In in a in a good way, I think. Sumer, I'll let you get your words out beforehand, man, because I got a lot here. Yeah, I mean, you look at our center backs, we called in what? Long, Brown, Robinson, uh, Zimmerman. And did you mention James Sands? Yes. Um, Nick, so that's, yeah, you know, yeah, this yeah. starts the conversation of players all around our roster that are, are versatile um, Definitely. and can play in a variety of positions. And if you're so, if you love versatility so much, Greg, you know, Joe Scally fits that bill. So call him up. But whatever. Um, Always coming a- back to Joe Scally, and I love it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that it's an overall strong group that should easily be able to get points at home versus Panama. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised by Eric Paul Brown, but happily surprised. You know, thought he was deserving of a call up. So just to see him on the roster was nice. Aaron Long, we all knew this was going to happen. He's been grooming him the last few months with all of these camps, you know, trying to get him back up to speed and whatnot. I wish John Brooks was given the uh, same amount of, of, uh, of leeway, not leeway, but, you know, this runs me right into my point of, obviously I wanted John Brooks on this roster, and Greg Berhalter came out and had some statements about, you know, why he wasn't in the team and whatnot. He's not up to speed with how they want to play and stuff. A great way to get someone up to speed is to bring them into camp. <laughs> You know, it's, it's a fantastic way to do so. Not say, hey, work on it while you play with Wolfsburg. I know they have their own techniques on how they want you to play, but I want to be able to see, you know, more of of what we do while you're playing. It's like, um, you know, my, I got a coach over here that wants me to do different things. But, you know, I fully expected John Brooks to be on this roster solely because he deserved it. Yeah. That's, you know, my biggest takeaway is, John Brooks needs to be on this roster, in my opinion. Do I think that Aaron Long, Eric Palmer Brown, Miles Robinson, and Walker Superman can get it done? I agree. Yes. And is, you know, I believe if I was to start two of them tomorrow, it would probably be Miles and Walker. I don't know how confident I feel in Aaron yet. And Eric's, you know, still a question mark in terms of our system. No, you look like you're about to explode. Yeah, no, it's just I, I can't help but agree with a lot of that, you know. Like me too. I, the omission of John Brooks from this roster is something to talk about. It it's 
it's gone beyond form at this point, right? And Nick, and I, I know that you and I talked about this a little bit before we, before we hit the record button here, but like John Brooks is, is playing well for Wolfsburg, right? Maybe not putting in, you know, 10 out of 10 caliber performances because that's, that's hardly possible for a center back a lot of the time, but he's playing well. And Greg, I think my biggest issue with the omission of John Brooks from this roster is the reasoning Greg has said time and time again with a lot of these guys that, you know, form is everything form with your club team is everything. It, it's all that really matters for him. It doesn't really matter how you perform with the national team. It's form, form, form with your club team. Okay. If you're going to use form as an argument, John Brooks has been in form yet. John Brooks is not here. So it clearly is not form. It's something else. Whether that's, you know, John Brooks doesn't fit with Greg's system or Greg doesn't see John Brooks as a leader in the dressing room or Greg has problems with John Brooks's ego. Like, I don't know what it is, but I would respect Greg a lot more if he came out and said why John Brooks wasn't here. And I know he kind of did. He hinted at it with the system argument and everything, but like, Look, you can't use the form argument anymore, Greg, because the form argument doesn't apply to John Brooks. It doesn't. And Nick, I, I know you think like it doesn't really apply when you, especially when you compare it to Aaron Long too. I mean, what's Aaron Long yeah. doing? I mean, Aaron Long is technically, I mean, I don't know. He's had a very good first three games of the MLS, but I mean, he hasn't played a game before that in a, in a very long time. And I'll be honest, I love the MLS, but there is one thing being in, in form in three games, right? Uh, but I'm put quotes around that. I guess you can't really see that. People are listening. <laughs> um, you can't be in form for three games in a in an MLS versus the the Bundesliga, like, and you're and and stuff. So it, it's. There's levels. Yeah. There's levels is what you're trying there to say. There's levels. And it's also, uh, it's, it's been three MLS games. <laughs> so if so, yeah, um, it's been three games for, for an inform Aaron long to get on the squad. So uh, I don't know. I would, I would like to see uh, John Brooks, but. I think that it's, um, you know, we're forgetting, obviously James Sands is clearly listed as a center back on this roster. Mm-hmm. Which means oh, yeah. he's choosing him over John Brooks as well. So we do have five center backs, if you include James Sands, who is, you know, dual CDM and center back. And mm-hmm. it's just surprising to me that you think you're our best option for the most important window to to change the Americans, change the way the world views American soccer is to bring in Eric Palmer Brown and James Sands instead of John Brooks, two guys who you haven't called up for qualifiers in a little bit. No, Eric Paul Brown, someone you haven't called up at all. Yeah. I mean, you did touch on James Sands versatility. Like, yeah, center back CDM. I even could would throw him at, I even would could throw him at like a a fullback position. So I I think that that's my way of defending the James Sands pick is that Mm -hmm. he's versatile. Okay. Colin Martin. 
Colin Moore. I think that's I think that's the big thing here, right? Is that like, and and again, I know we we harped on it with fullbacks. You you do you want look? Does Aaron Long bring something to this roster? Sure, he does. He brings familiarity. He brings leadership. He brings a lot of it, right? Does James Sands bring something to this roster? Yes, he brings versatility. He brings technique. He brings technique. He brings skill on the ball. Yeah. So bring these guys in. You don't have a limit. Bring John Brooks in too. There is no limit. And and Sumer, I know you and I talked about this the other day uh, when the roster first came out. That like this is something we we see all the time and we say all the time to like bring in more players than the roster technically amounts, right? Bring in 29, 30, 31 guys as opposed to 27. We say this all the time. This is not a precedent that Greg has set. And unfortunately, it's probably not what he's going to keep. It obviously is not what he's going to keep. But to me, it's a simple decision. Bring in more guys. Yeah, but I... Go ahead, Nick. No, well, no, I, I'm just going to comment, comment, um, comment on Greg's form argument. That's so, because I, I was just thinking about it. I'm just thinking about it right now. It's got me going. It's like every single different club team plays completely different and against different op- opponents in a different league. How are you going to make an argument about form for your club team when you're comparing? Like, uh, we, I'm, I'm, I'm repeating myself, but you're no, you're right, though. Form. You're right. Premier League, or not Premier League, Bundesliga, MLS. Premier League MLS with some of the Premier League players in our, on our roster. I mean, they're different positions, but like the form thing is, is flawed. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm done. I just wanted to say one thing also. Greg makes a comment about John Brooks' omission uh, in regards to their system, in regards to the system that, John, that Greg plays. How up to speed is Eric Palmer Brown with this system that you want to play? How up to speed is James Sands with this system you want to play? More up to speed than John Brooks? Excuse me, have you ever called up Eric Palmer Brown? Ever, Greg? But somehow he might understand the system and be in better form than John Brooks. I mean, it's not even worth, it's not even worth conversing about because we know that there's something else. We, we, that's, you know, and there's nothing that's going to change that. And, yeah. you know, these conversations go nowhere because we're 100% right. He has his own mind and there's nothing we can do about it. You know, it, it feels right. worthless. Right. No, and I think that this roster, this roster, if if nothing else confirms that there is something else behind the relationship between Greg and John Brooks. We can't do anything about that as fans other than voice our opinions, unfortunately. But it would be nice, I think, to hear maybe straight up from Greg, tell the truth, man. Like there is something behind this that's not form related and it's not system related but i think we've we've you know we've rehashed multiple points here let's move on to the midfielders because i know we're gonna have just as, as heated of a conversation about these midfielders maybe maybe not I, I i don't think that this is a huge content drop in terms of contention mostly because we're pretty limited on what we've got with injuries and things but uh sumer take us through our midfielders yeah, I mean, six midfielders listed on Greg's roster. Obviously, as we know, we believe there's some versatile players throughout the roster that can hop into midfield if needed. But the six listed by U.S. Soccer and Greg are Kellen Acosta, um, Tyler Adams, Gianluca Busio, 
Luca De La Torre, Yudis Musa, and Christian Roldan. And Noah, what are your thoughts? And Nick, thoughts on 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 it? But you know, I'll I'll give my thoughts first, real fast. I'm happy with most of it with those six um, question mark on Roldan. But in my opinion, we've seen from many of these other windows, he's probably not going to play. He's only played, he's played like, like we saw less than 90 minutes throughout all of qualifying. It makes you wonder why do you call him up anyways, but it's not to knock a coach for potentially having some people in his squad that are locker room guys, you know, system guys type of thing that that idea is not terrible. So I'm not pissed with it, but I do love Luca being there. I do love Eunice. I love Busio back. Adams will always be there. And I thought Kellen's been playing well this season. Um, any omissions on your part that you would have loved to have seen? I, I, no, I agree with you. I think if Weston's healthy, Christian Rodon is not there. That's my kind of underlying. Um, that's a hot take. It should be. That's probably be, not true. It's that's a hot take. I love Rodon it. Is there. Oh, geez. It's probably it's like, like, why? why? No, I, only I, because I think... you're right, right? Like you're, 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 you You're right, be, but it's not going to You should happen. be right. You should be right. I should be right. That's why I'm like, well, I don't know. Any, honestly, after talking about the defenders, I feel like anything we say it just doesn't happen. But, <laughs> Bro, we're speaking into the void over here. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, go uh, ahead. What are your thoughts? Or no, Instagram, what are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, there's, look, there's a lot to like about this midfield. I think that this midfield is – pretty much what we expected with what we have right now in terms of fitness and availability. The one notable omission for me is Georgie Mihailovic, uh, the, the central midfielder slash central attacking midfielder for the Montreal, formerly known as Montreal Impact, now something, something Montreal. I don't even know, bro. What's their actual name? FC Montreal or uh, the CF uh, Montreal. CF yeah. Club, Club Football. Montreal. The Montreal up in the mountains of yeah, it's the Montreal impact as far as I'm concerned. But um, yeah, notable notable omission is Georgi Mihailovic, uh, the league leader in, in assists last year, who has started off the season pretty good, actually in, in great form for Montreal. But uh, other than that, I think this is pretty much the midfield we expected, right? Because we know that Greg sees both Brandon Aronson and Giovanni Reina as forwards. This is what we figured, right? Is that we, you know, we have Tyler Adams at the six and Kellen Acosta as the backup. We probably are going to see Luca De La Torre and Yunus Musa as your starting dual eights with Christian Roldan and John Licabusio as backups. With, you know, hopefully Greg sees Gio Reyna and Brendan Aronson as guys who can fill in there too. And potentially James Sands is a guy who can fill in at the six. This is not a surprising midfield to me, is I think what I'm trying to say. Not at all. Not at all. Surprising. Uh, I'm worried about, you know, if we need someone to go into the eight position, I better hope it's not Christian Rodon. I better hope it's, it's, we're bringing down Aronson or, or Reyna. Um, I don't really want to see Rodon get in, in any of these games. I think he adds no value to our team and I, he should be staying in Seattle and, you know, hanging with his family. I'm sure he, he needs some family time and, you know, just, maybe recover. I'm trying to look out for him. Okay. He, he shouldn't be wasting <laughs> his time with us. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. He's wasting his time. I, I heard that U S soccer made him pay for his own flight ticket down to camp. Like, I think he should save his money too. Yeah. 
I mean, look, like Christian Rodon has, has been off to a good start in MLS. But like we've said time and again, there's levels, man. There's levels. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Nick, you have any uh, any, any any last takes on uh No, all of that I agree. I mean, I I know I hit it. Uh there are levels and I I would hope that he's not there with Weston not um with Weston uh, healthy, but Nick, I don't know. what's I your I, I, what's your starting lineup, Nick? Like starting midfield if we were to play yeah. for for whatever you consider to be the most important game of these next qualifiers with this midfield. With think, this midfield? Yeah, with this midfield. I like Tyler Adams. Mm-hmm. I like Musa and I like Della Torre. Uh, I think uh, Kellen Acosta and uh, Busio can come off the bench for the, these those guys. But I like those three um, starting. No Jean-Luc Abusio starting? Sumer, that is, I know you love Jean-Luc Abusio too. Yeah, but I, I'm not. I'm not. I'd I'd do the same thing as Nick. I'd probably do. I'd have. I mean, I'd be okay with Busio in there, but I'd probably do Kellen. Sorry, not Kellen. Tyler. Uh, Tyler Adams, Eunice Musa, and uh, Luca De La Torre. It provides a question mark, though. You know, like we've been talking about, if he doesn't, let's say he doesn't use Reyna and Aronson as eights. Who are our eights that can go in? Busio and Roldan. Especially from a creative stance, that's a good question. Because the okay, one thing Bruce. about this midfield is that there's there's not a lot of final third creativity here. When you look at these names on this roster, is Luca the best out of those midfielders listed that can play our our, our you know a through ball into space for our forwards or wingers you know and and progress the ball the best? I'd probably say so. Mm-hmm. But I would also say that he's probably best in transition, right in the middle third, playing those balls in. He's not a guy who's going to be. I mean, one thing that uh, you're never going to replace Weston McKenney, right? One thing that Weston McKenney does very well, both for club and country, is late arrivals into the box to finish off chances. There is not a guy on this list who does that. In terms of listed midfielders now, I think Brendan Aronson is that guy. I think Gio Reyna is that guy if you play them centrally. Agreed. Agreed. Um if no one has any last takes, I'll take us into the forwards. Um, so we'll start off with, you know, want to start off with wingers or strikers, guys? Let's do wingers first because I think strikers is the more, ah, there's contentious points everywhere. But let's. You said wingers first. We're going wingers. Let's do wingers. Okay. Nick, you done do wingers? Nick doesn't have a vote. Um, <laughs> he gave a thumbs up. Okay. Wingers it is, uh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the wingers that we've called in are Brendan Aronson. Paul Ariola, Jesus Ferreira. Oh, wait, sorry. Brendan Aronson, Paul Ariola, Jordan Morris, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, and Tim Weah. So that is six wingers. Six guys who can play the wing position for two spots and three games. What do we think? I, I mean, I, I like a lot of this. There's some things to like, I think, like I said earlier in the, in the podcast, anytime we talk about guys who shouldn't be here, we have to talk about guys who would replace them. And to me, this is a lot of what we have in terms of, 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 you know, top quality guys that could potentially make a roster on the topic of, you know, you know, transitioning from midfielders to forwards. I'll reiterate again. I see Gio Reyna. 
and Brendan Aronson to a lesser degree as midfielders in their best position. So I wouldn't have them here as wingers. But then you have to talk about who you'd bring in again. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of a question that there's not a lot of guys to bring in. Uh, there's one notable name missing in terms of wingers for me, and that's Conrad De La Fuente of Marseille. Now, who he's not particularly rated by the Marseille coach, but Sumer, I know you and I talked about this last time. Conrad De La Fuente brings something different to the table than a lot of these guys here. I don't know. What are, what are your guys' thoughts? I would totally agree uh, that Conrad brings something different to this team. Speaking of different, we have Jordan Morris and Paul Oriola, who I think are very similar mm-hmm. in their style of plays. Very different in size and weight and height. But um, in my honest opinion, Morris is just not up to speed. Um, I love him, and I think he's an amazing person and whatnot. But this season, he's not started amazingly, and that's to no fault. You know, you know, he's he just is coming back from an injury, and it just doesn't look like his himself just yet. So I don't think he should have been on this roster. I don't think he should have been called up here. This could have been a great time to bring in Conrad, you know, send him back to Marseille with some some confidence in him, or just don't call up either one of them. Because uh, we honestly don't really need them. But I'm super happy to see Tim, Tim Weah. Super happy to see Christian there. So happy that Giovanni Reina is back from injury. And Brendan Aronson. And those four guys should be, those four guys should play all six matches. And um, if Paul Ariola has to come in in a pinch, I'm okay with it. Morris, uh, I want him to be the ultimate cheerleader. That's my goal for him. <laughs> Yeah, not much different on my end. I'm very happy to see the kind of four that we listed, that Sumer listed. I I can see Paul Areola getting in. He's had a lively start to his season. Um, I hate you. I, I, I know actually, you do. I, I know you hate no, no, I, I don't know. I, actually, Areola, I thought Areola. I did hate you. No, I thought I, I thought I was just joking about it. But uh, I just realized it's it's official. Yeah. Um, it's crossed the line with your Paul Areola love. He's been he, hey he's he's come in and and he's played very well for Dallas. So uh, I mean I will not be surprised if he gets some uh, get some time. But not not much different really from what you talked about, Sumer. Really, I mean um, I don't want to reiterate everything, but yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're talking no, about. Go for it though. Like I mean, like if you got if no, I mean I, I actually because it. it's very interesting to me. I think that and I think you were touching it on it. I think that Brendan Aronson and and um, Gio Reyna, like I don't, I don't know if they're not natural. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're not natural wingers. They're no. they're more to me. They're tens and eights. So it's very interesting to see that they're classified in the kind of. I mean, I could see them jumping in the midfield uh, when we need some creativity and stuff. But it's it's very and correct me if I'm wrong too. Um, and, and it's very interesting to see. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping they can be deployed kind of anywhere and stuff, but, um, but happy to see Gio Reyna come back. Mm-hmm. Um, very happy to see. I, I mean, I love Brendan Aronson and, and uh, Timothy Weah and, and all of those. So kind of very, just to kind of second everything Sumer said. And yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I th- oh, go for it, Sumer. I was just going to say, speaking on that point of them being tens, you know, Reyna and Aronson being opposite positions, um, I just wanted to bring up a hypothetical. Very hypothetical. How would you feel about Tim Weah starting at striker, Christian on the left, Gio on the right, or Brendan on the right, and Reyna as the other eight next to Musa and Adams? 
So there's that it's thought experiment that I've seen floated around Twitter, right? That maybe Tim Way is our best striker. I mean, you forget Tim Way started out his career kind of prospected as a striker, as a pure nine before transitioning to a right wing with Lille and, and, you know, kind of finding his foothold as a narrow right forward with, with both Lille and the national team. Look, it's a, it's a, it's a thought experiment for sure. And a lot of that has to do with the development of Ricardo Pepe, Josh Sargent as number nines. If that development stalls, then it's worth a try. To me, I think you can play Gio Reyna centrally without losing Tim Weah's natural verticality, to use a Greg Bearhalter buzzword, and, and crossing ability on the right wing. To me, if, I, if you were to ask me to, to drop a dream U.S. roster right now, I would have Gio Reyna as a dual eight alongside Weston McKenney and, and Tim Weah running up the right-hand side. But that's just me. I, I personally like him on the right side. He's electric on there. I mean, I just also would love to see some more development with Pepe and then kind of stuff to have him be that nine. But uh, it, it's cool. It's cool to think about. I just think he's been electric on that right side when even playing for the U.S. So we'll see. Yeah, he, ha- he has. He has been electric for the U.S. on the right. But uh, I was a huge fan of his Celtic days when he was playing the, the striker for them and his arrival in the box mm-hmm. and his runs, you know, his runs into space behind the outside backs or making the run in between the center backs kind of diagonal into space. I was a huge fan of it. I loved him at Celtic. I was like, can you make it a permanent transfer, please? <laughs> type of thing. Um, no, I'm, ha- I'm happy he's at Lille, but it is definitely food for thought, but you're right. It's probably not going to happen. Um, but yeah, what we can move to the strikers, but, I'm happy with the wingers. We have four really strong guys. There should be no questions asked, even if there needs to be rotation. To be able to start Christian and Tim and bring on Gio and Brendan right. or whatever the case may be is huge for potentially, obviously, people will say one big match, but more than one big match because right. we could lock our bid up elsewhere as well. Right, and, and so that's maybe a good point to make too with this, at least in the first game, potentially even the first two games. More... Likely than not, Gio Reyna comes off the bench. I personally would not start Gio Reyna in this first game. I'm expecting him to get his third sub appearance in a row this weekend for Dortmund. Um, I don't think he's ready to start a huge game in Azteca yet, you know, just bouncing back from injury and all that. But let's move on to the strikers because there is there's not too, too much to talk about with strikers. I think mostly our strikers, the conversation is going to center around omissions. Uh, one positive and one negative omission. Nick, what? Who are? Who do we got for strikers here? We got um, Jordan Morris. We got um, Jordan Pifok, Ricardo Pepe, and Jesus and Ferreira. Jesus Ferreira. Sorry, messed him. No, you're, yeah. you're good, mate. You're good. Jesus yeah, so Ferreira, Jesus, Jesus Ferreira uh, Jordan Pifok, and Ricardo Pepe. Yes, Jesus Ferreira been playing well for Dallas. I'll say that. I watch way too much MLS. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he has been. Honestly, he has been playing well. Uh, it may not but show dangerous the goals confident, man. Hmm? Dangerous and confident for Dallas. Same with Paul Arola. Sorry, Sumer. Not really. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Sumer, thoughts, man. I mean, I'm happy to see PFOC. We need a goal. You know, I'm happy to see a goal scorer, a poacher, someone who can put the ball in the back of the net. 
Uh, it's a real skill that people underrate. So I love seeing him because I think he'll provide value, whether it be off the bench um, or as Greg Brohalter has used Zardes in the past, a real, you know, break it up, kind of mess around, be a nuisance striker type of thing that I think he could do. Jesus provides a different kind of element. Um, you know, he's not as maybe dangerous in the air type of thing as PFOC might be more of a back to goal dropping in type of type of striker. But I like that he provides a different aspect. And then the third, Ricardo Pepe, you know, is is who we, you know, we're so happy that he did what he did in the fall, in those World Cup qualifiers. But that's what's really pushed him into our expectations now being high of mm-hmm. him. And, yeah. you know, so we are expecting him to potentially put, you know, be there when we need him. Uh, I know he's still really young, but he showed he can, you know, he can do it. Um, so it's going to be a big window for him because he's going to get a good amount of playing time, I, I imagine. In either Mexico or Panama, I see him starting. So in one of the two games, he has a huge chance to potentially lock our bid up let alone maybe the third game. So I'm happy with the three, but obviously my first omission that I'm going to talk about is Josh Sargent. And I felt as if Jordan Morris did not need to be here and we could have called in another striker um, or we could have called in Sargent for instead of somebody else. But I was expecting to potentially see Sargent somehow make this roster because of his He's, he's been putting in shift after shift in the hardest league in the world, grabbing assists while at it on the worst team in the league. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of value that he can provide. And the fact that he's just kind of offset from that and is a little bit annoying to me. And I've talked about that many times. I, I can't help but second the Josh Sargent point, right? People are going to point to Josh Sargent and say, Look, he he hasn't had a lot of goals. He hasn't had a lot of assists playing in the Premier League this season for Norwich. But I, I, I believe he's second on their team in both assists and goals. Granted, it's a tough position to be playing in if you're Josh Sargent right now. You're being played out of position on the right wing. And and not, you know, not playing for a good team at all, playing with very little service, but to me, that says more about both his versatility and his usefulness in a roster like this. If you're in need of a winger, right? Say you want to bring Jordan Morris in or you want to bring Paul Ariola in because you, you're saying you need a winger who can run hard and track back. Well, you know what? Josh Sargent can be that guy. Or if you're bringing in, you know, you're, you're omitting a striker because you're saying, okay, we, we have all of our bases covered. Maybe you don't. Maybe Josh Sargent brings something different. But let's focus on the guys who are here, right? Because I think there is a lot to like here. There's a lot to be questionable of, as there always is from a U.S. perspective when it comes to the nine. Nick, what are your thoughts? Repeat that question again. I just want to make sure. No, no, just just what are your thoughts on the guys who are here, right? Like, No, I'm happy. I mean, I – for – I think it is – my opinion it is a window for one of these strikers either if it's peppy pfock uh morris or jesus ferreira to take advantage of and really showcase their skills Mm -hmm. i think it is a window that we if one of those 
one of our strikers are absolutely playing well and showcase, then I think we we completely um, destroy. I think complete. I think we completely do very well. Um, but it all depends on. I'm trying to gather my thoughts. No, I, I, just, I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying, though, right? Because you're there. There is a point to be made here where, like, as much as Pepe has performed well for the U.S. He hasn't been informed lately, right? And as much as Jordan Pifak has been informed with club, he hasn't really done it with the U.S., right? There is an argument to be made here that the number nine position is up for grabs. So you're, you're completely correct there, right? That like... That was a better way of saying it. I was trying to say that, and I just I didn't say it that way. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No, I know. And uh, I got what you're going for, man. Like, the, you're right. This is, this is a window for somebody. If you're peppy... If you're, if you're Ricardo Pepe, if you're Jordan Moore, or sorry, Jordan Pifak, or you know, if you're Jesus Ferreira, this is your time. Grab the game by the scruff of the neck. Say this position is mine. Win it. Win it. And and I think that's that's kind of where we're at right now. But look, there's a lot to like here. There's a lot of different skill sets. It'll be fascinating to see who starts. I think that's kind of the question that we're going into this window with: is who starts each game. What does each person bring to each, each game and each you know skill set? But yeah, no, I, uh, I just I'll oh, go ahead. Sorry, go somewhere, go somewhere. No, go Nick, go Nick. Now I was gonna bring up the fact that you guys like to uh, always bombard me with uh, Jordan uh, Pfog beating my team down um, a few months ago, but oh yeah, for BSC young BSC young yeah. boys. Yeah, so. uh, Nick, with that 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 team happened to be Manchester United. Who are yes. currently just, you know, I'm eating, say dirt, correctly, yes. eating, eating dirt. Uh, who's in, who's in more shambles? Who's in more shambles? Chelsea or Manchester United? Because United, we're in United, shambles easy. off the field, but they're in shambles on the field and off the field, I'd say. That's United easy for me, mate. Easy. I mean, yeah, I'm loving I it agree. as a Liverpool fan. Paul well. Ariel is better than all of them. <laughs> All right. Well, boys, that's our roster. Um, any, you know, collective thoughts on this roster that you guys want to want to kind of mention, you know, any not not positionally dependent, just collective thoughts. I yeah, I I think it, kind of when I was looking at this roster, I saw there's some people left out, some people that are hurt, some people are coming back from injury. Um I'm very happy to see. I think the one, and I, we didn't really touch on him so much, but he's, he's kind of a big name player, Gio Reyna. I'm happy to see that kid back. Like mm. he, he's been hurt a lot for club, for country. Um, he's an impact player. He's a great player. He's, he's still, I don't even know how is 18, 19. I don't even know how old he is. I know he's 20, 19, I don't know, 19. 19. He's still so young. I'm a lot of injuries at that. I'm just so happy to see him back. I think, and my closing thoughts is that I do think this roster is good enough to get us to, to Qatar and qualify and stuff. Um, but yeah, Sumer, Noah, go ahead. I was just going to say something just like that. Uh, no matter what I saw on Thursday at 6.35 p.m. on SportsCenter, this roster has the capabilities to qualify. It has the, it has the midfielders we need. It has the wingers we need. It has the goalkeepers we need. The defenders are good enough, and, and, and we'll get the job done. Um, for sure. And speaking just about the roster, it's so up and down. Like we talked about, I read one name and I'm so happy Eric Palmer Brown's there and I'm so happy he's giving James Sands a chance, you know, and, but on the other end, I see other players omitted that I, that I personally believe 
have earned a spot on our team and have a skill set on our team that's valuable. And I hope that nothing that happens right now, not nothing, but this does, this should not rule out John Brooks or Josh Sargent for 2022 World Cup. These are just qualifiers then, in my opinion. Um, and things could change by November. But so. this roster has enough to do it. This roster should do it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, I, I, I would echo that from both of you guys, that there is enough talent on this roster to get the required points to qualify for Qatar. And, and you know, anything less is a failure. Let's say that right now. Um, there is a lot to like about this roster. There is some to not like. I, I, I hope, you know, that we've gone over exactly what those points are both positive and negative but yeah at the end of the day this is the roster we're going with this is what greg has chosen to get us through these next couple games into into the world cup so let's do it i'm gonna back every single one of these players the second they put on that kit regardless of what i think about them as a player and and that's also something that's important to recognize right like i might not necessarily agree with Aaron Long or Christian Roldan being here. But you can bet that if Christian Roldan scores a 93rd minute winner against Mexico, I'm going to run around my house like it's no one's business. So we're here for these guys. Paul Ariola. No, I will burn things down if it's Paul Ariola, actually. I I don't think, I I think something happened and he is not able to report to camp. At least I'm hoping so. (laughs) Who is this, Christian? Pulisic? Boy, you need to watch your mouth. (laughs) you don't no anyway um that's our roster that's our prediction or not our prediction sorry our our breakdown of this roster first game of this window is against mexico at the azteca on thursday correct yes boys thursday yeah thursday um we'll be watching we'll be providing a breakdown some point after we're probably going to also do a brief weekend week at Week blah, 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 brief weekend recap. Nailed that one. This uh this this Monday, releasing Tuesday to kind of talk about things as well as give a an overview of the next qualifying window. But in any case, as always, thank you all so much for joining us here on Over the Bar. Boys, thank you for joining me. This has been a, a brilliant roster breakdown. We will uh see you all hopefully next week. Thanks. Let's go. Let's get it. Thank you.